five cats, two pussies. This is Ronnie. And this is Lindsay. Woo! I almost <laughs> did my turkey noise again. I'm so <laughs> well, now you have to do it. Okay, all right, all right. So I'll, I'll do the turkey noise, but then you have to share the story of, is it Earl the turkey? Wes? Wes. Why did I think his name was Earl? Okay, oh, right. We can call him whatever we want. Just like dudes <laughs> named him Wes. All right, my turkey noise. Are okay. you ready? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> You're welcome, <laughs> listeners. <laughs> welcome to our post-Thanksgiving show <laughs> for those listeners here in the U.S. <laughs> All right. Now now you are forced to tell the story of Earl the Turkey. And did you visit Earl the Turkey? Okay. All right. So his name's Wes. Oh, God damn <laughs> His name is Wes because the first time the dude who told me about him saw him, he was in front of this guy named Wes's house. So, Wes the turkey lives here in Somerville, Massachusetts. He lives in this, like, Greek Orthodox churchyard that's just up on Central Street, which is pretty close to the two of our apartments. And I was talking to this guy, and he was telling me about this turkey. And I was like, oh, is it this turkey that, you know, like, is sometimes over here, like, by the market basket? Is it this turkey that, you know, walks down Somerville Ave? And he's like, yeah, totally the same turkey. (laughs) So I was like, cool, I love that turkey. He's just a big, sassy bird, and I love a big, sassy bird. So he was telling me this story about how he had to rescue some girl in the Dunkin' Donuts parking lot from Wes because Wes was being a big sassy bird and she was <laughs> afraid of him. So he had to rescue him from Wes. But then after that, he was telling me that Wes roosts in a tree in the Greek Orthodox churchyard. So um, I was like, I had no idea that turkeys climb trees. And he was like, yeah, dude, he's there every night from dusk till dawn, just like hanging out in the tree. He was like, it's especially hilarious now because the trees have started losing their leaves. So there's like this bear tree and a giant ass turkey just (laughs) hanging out in it. I think it would be horrifying to be strolling through a graveyard at dusk or in the dark and look up and discover a giant fucking turkey. Well, it's not a graveyard. It's just a churchyard. Oh, fair enough. There's no graves there. Boring. But uh, I I think it would be amazing. So on Thanksgiving, I I, I, I talked Brian into going to visit West the Turkey. So we walked over there. He was not in the tree. Oh, bummer. There's like five or six trees that sort of line the sidewalk, and he was in none of them. Aww. Yeah, I was really sad. Well, maybe we'll be able to get a, a photo of Wes the turkey in his tree for everyone at some point. Magnificent Wes. I did drive by the churchyard a few days ago just to like see if I could see him. Sure enough, he was like hanging out <laughs> next to the sidewalk, and he had this, these like feathers sticking straight up out of his head. Aw, <laughs> buddy. <laughs> like he had just woken up or maybe beaten up a cat or like something. I was like, you goofball. Well, uh, I hope that if you are listening here in the U.S. that you had a lovely Thanksgiving, whether you spent it uh, maybe trying to hunt down a rogue turkey or eating turkey or anything in between. Uh, we had We had a lovely Thanksgiving and... We've got a great episode today. Yeah. Yeah. We sure do. How was that segue? (laughs) (laughs) Getting disapproving head shakes from our producer. (laughs) (laughs) We've got a great episode today, and we are going to talk 
all about familiars. Yeah, familiars. We've talked about familiars here and there before, but we've never done a full episode, a more in-depth look at which familiars. We sure haven't. So we've got all kinds of like cool little folklore bits and and modern interpretations and some biblical references, the whole shebang. I like to think that Wes could be a familiar. Maybe he is. Maybe he's somebody's familiar. He could be. I wish he were mine. <laughs> Maybe someday. <laughs> I I wonder, as we go through the episode, I feel like by the end of it, Lindsay, keep this in mind. I'd like to know if Kenway is my familiar. Okay. Uh, I'd, I'd like your opinion on that as we get towards the end of the episode. But oh, Okay. Uh, but he's been a bit of a ding-dong, and you may hear him at some point throughout the episode. Uh, we are in a new recording space, distanced, spaced out, open, airy, but we are we are locked out of Kenway's uh, social circumstance, <laughs> and he is throwing himself at the door to get into this this particular space with us, and so yeah, he's he's throwing a bit of a hissy fit. He is. He's, he'll, he'll be fine. He'll, he'll get over it. It'll be extra snugs later, yeah. I'm sure. Yeah, exactly. You know, I just don't want him falling out a window. <laughs> totally, dude. Before we really get into familiars, though, I think that we should remember to light a ritual Ooh, candle. Ooh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> all right. I got it all ready for us. And we are still on our, our lovely, uh, you know, our, our lovely beeswax spell candle. Sort of thinking, you know, less than 20 days away from Yule, so might be time to, to yeah, pick up a new candle. Yeah, we should probably get ordering. I think that, you know, Yule Christmas deadlines are coming upon us to order. Sweet. We are good to go. All right. All right. Well, I've got one more little bit of business before we jump into familiars. What's that? It is, it is Yule season. And, you know, Black Friday and Small Business Saturday have come and gone. But I think, you know, it's not just Small Business Saturday. It's Small Business Sunday and Monday and Tuesday and so forth. So uh, we would love to share on our Instagram small businesses, artists, and makers that we really like through our Instagram stories. And maybe this will inspire you to find something spooky, something witchy, something gothy, off-kilter, whatever it is. But... Find something for that ooky spooky witch in your life, or maybe yourself. Treat yourself, and you know we'll just share a little small business love. So you can check it out. Uh, our Instagram is five C two P Pod, and if you've got a suggestion, or maybe you've got a small business you would love us to plug, or business of a friend or family member, we're happy to do so. Just send us a direct message. Yeah, totally. A DM for the kids. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know just the kids said that. <laughs> <laughs> I always just feel like such a dork when I like, s- like, I don't know, absentmindedly I'm like direct message or. Uh, yeah, know. I get it. I still can't are. write LOL <laughs> in text. I have to, r- I have to write ha 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 ha. <laughs> Otherwise I feel weird. <laughs> I do the same thing. <laughs> awesome. Well, We'll make sure that Kenway hasn't given himself a concussion, throwing himself against the door to come and visit us, but we'll be right back to talk all about familiars. Yeah. We'll see you soon, witches. Wait, wait, Ronnie! Can I do a, I do a run-in? 
You, you run in. <laughs> what, what's the electronic mail for this podcast? <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> if you would like to send us an electronic mail, you may do so at 5C2PPod. That's 5C2PPOD at gmail.com. <laughs> Dan went from 41 to 81 in five <laughs> seconds. <laughs> Sweet. We'll be right back to talk about familiars. Yeah. Welcome back. Oh, thanks, man. All right. We are going to talk about familiars. Yeah, familiars. (laughs) (laughs) So I guess most people I'm thinking probably have a good idea of what a familiar is. And, you know, maybe they're thinking it's, you know, the owl in Harry Potter or a black cat that follows a witch around. And both both are correct. But wanted to go a little bit deeper, a little bit more uh creative perhaps with what familiars are what they do why they're you know why they were thought to be evil all those good fun things yeah absolutely but why don't we start with what is a familiar i think that's a great place to start okay cool (laughs) (laughs) good (laughs) same page (laughs) so i've got a little definition here and this is really uh the definition that is based on sort of british demonology And we'll get into a little bit of like where this comes from and why. But essentially, the traditional uh, thought of what is a familiar is a small animal or imp that was kept as a witch's aid. And essentially, it was a a creature, a spiritual creature that was some sort of fiend or lesser demon that was given to the witch by the devil, like the capital D devil himself. (laughs) (laughs) Or inherited from another witch. Yeah. And uh, you know, actually, over time, uh, the imp became the, like, the go-to phrase. So familiars really sort of hit their heyday between the 15th and the 17th century. But by the 17th century, people had stopped calling them familiars and just started calling them imps. Oh, okay. That's fair. They just went straight from, like, it's a cool cat to it's a demon right (laughs) 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 but whenever i I gotta just say like right off the top that whenever i think of familiars uh, with all the pop cultural references and we'll like chat a little bit about some of them but the one that always comes to my mind is dungeons and dragons Oh, really? Because uh, wizards, I think it's wizards, sorcerers, and warlocks all inherently get a familiar, which oh. is a which is a small uh, creature. Um, it's a tiny, shape-changing fiend. I didn't have that when yeah. I was a sorcerer. I think I followed a different path or yeah. something like that. Yeah, I think like there's there's options. It's like you get this or you get that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but yeah, it always makes me think of, of Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah, <laughs> dude, totally. Uh, but yeah, but essentially, like these were small little animals that were inhabited the spirit of a tiny devil, tiny demon, tiny imp, 
and they could be uh, they could be like a, an actual little animal, like a cat or a toad or something like that, or they could be a fantasy creature, so or, uh, an amalgamation of different things. So you know, uh, could be like a jackalope or a hippogriff or something like that, or <laughs> like Charlie. Oh yeah, or like Charlie. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and it was <laughs> sorry. Now I'm thinking about your <laughs> your D and D cursed elf. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you know, these were essentially one of the things that was used in the 15th to 17th century to accuse and confirm somebody of witchcraft, because as we've mentioned before, uh, fiends and imps and familiars were thought to suckle off of the witch themselves. That's how they like got their sustenance, is they suckled on the witch, uh, maybe drawing blood from her finger or from a mole or a wart. I mean, I, I, you take one look at me and it would just be like, witch! Yeah, dude, me too. I, <laughs> I got so many witch teats. <laughs> I, w- I would have been dead long ago. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, yeah, it, like... They would basically, you know, strip a woman that was accused of being a witch. And if she had like a witch teat, then a mole or a wart or something like that, that looked unnatural in some way, then they'd be like, yep, that's where like her familiar suckles and it'd be off to the executioner. I know, dude. And you know, it's, it's a shame that they never like actually looked for the familiar. Or did they? Sometimes they did. So uh, there were certainly cases where somebody like accuse somebody of being a witch simply because they thought that they had a familiar. So they would say like, oh, that woman's a witch because she lives alone with a black cat. And that black cat is actually not just a cat that, you know, is her companion because she (laughs) fucking lives alone (laughs) or I don't know, has mice or whatever. Uh, You know, they would be like, no, that cat like really speaks to her and they have a psychic emotional link and it's actually a tiny demon that inhabits that creature's body. Which is fucking ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> this, poor, this poor person just like needed a friend. But yeah, cats, dogs, and, and rabbits were the most common. Oh. Uh, because they were really fucking popular pets. <laughs> yeah, and I, well, they still are. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but yeah, essentially, you know, somebody could accuse someone of having a familiar and that would be enough. So whether or not that familiar was ever found to be true, uh, that was sort of beside the point. Yikes. (laughs) (laughs) But this sort of all came about because of this, sort of largely, because of this dude, James I. So in 1604, James I had a real fucking hate on for witches. And he introduced a new witchcraft act, which means, which like literally spelled out in it that working with a spirit was a capital offense, so punishment by death. Right. And it introduced, uh, you know, it made references specifically to familiars, which were believed to be witches' helpful demonic companions. Because prior to this act in 1604, some familiars were evil and some familiars were good because it was like, often thought that familiars could be like a guardian spirit or I don't know, could like sniff out disease or that sort of thing because dogs can actually do that. (laughs) Yeah, dude. Absolutely. So, you know, witches would have like hedge witches, holistic healers would have a pet that would be like, "Mm, I smell cancer. And then they'd be like, "Mm, sick. 
And that was very helpful. But according to James the first, no way, no bueno. That's a familiar and familiars are demonic off with their heads. Ugh, Jamie. Sound like a real jerkazoid, buddy. <laughs> so I wanted to mention this jerkazoid specifically because I am slowly becoming a bit of a like biblical nerd as it relates to witchcraft. <laughs> Throughout all of these episodes, we like we will find more and more references to different things that we're talking about in the Bible. And this one has a specific relation to familiars and King James and the King James Version. Oh, okay. So this is how it all ties together. And I got a real nerdy boner about this. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so King James the first was largely responsible for the King James Version of the Bible. So he wasn't solely responsible. It was J- James the first and James the fourth. But uh, essentially, James the first created the King James Version Bible and had it commissioned in... 1604, the same year he put his witch act into effect. Oh. And it wasn't actually published until 1611 because back then it took a really long time to write everything out by hand and then I mean, set all the printing presses. Dude, and <laughs> all that's those, a huge yeah. ass book. Yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> so, and, and it wasn't just rewriting it and copying it. It was literally writing it in the version that King James wanted predominantly for his Anglican church. Now, what's different about the King James Version as opposed to the version previously? So there's a lot of differences in the, uh, in the way things are phrased or written. And like any dictator, <laughs> shall we say, <laughs> like any king, uh, James was like, I want this to reflect me, my morality, and the way things are right now. The things that I want, those who maybe are illiterate or... Uh, who, you know, take this as a word of law, which is basically everybody then, to embody the moralities and the values that I have. So he subtly changed some things here and there. And now there's been many other versions of the Bible printed since then, but this is still a fucking big one. This is like the big bad version of the Bible. Yeah, it's probably like, I imagine it's probably still the most sold version yes, of it. Yep, Exactly. Uh, and before that, there was a version called the Geneva Bible, which was the most popular. And the, here's a little bit of the differences. So I, I bring this up specifically because the King James Version actually mentions familiars three times in the Bible. So in Leviticus 19.31, Leviticus 20.27, and then it's like 1 Samuel 30-something. I didn't write that one down. <laughs> but the, uh, the differences are, you know, this, this is really where a lot of this sort of puritanical witches are evil starts coming from is because he'll write things like the King James Version says a man or also a woman that hath a familiar spirit or that is a wizard shall surely be put to death. They shall be stoned uh, with them all the stones. So like straight up, a man or a woman with a familiar can, should be stoned and put to death and that death is upon them. Yikes. But the version before that doesn't mention familiars at all. It's if a man or woman have a spirit of divination or soothsaying. So it's still convicting diviners and witches and clairvoyants. But it's not specifically mentioning familiars. It's essentially what they're saying, though. 
like that's essentially what a familiar is. They don't name them as familiars, but it is essentially what it is. But the the bigger difference there, I think, for me is when I think of like divination or soothsaying. What th- that is sort of more indicative of is poo-pooing ancient Greeks and Romans and their pantheon and the way that they sort of were looking at. Uh, at religion and the influence of the gods. Whereas this was like specifically mentions like a bunch of times, if you have a familiar and then people were able to take that and be like, well, in the Bible, it says, if you have a familiar, if you have a familiar spirit, I can stone you to death. And that's what they did. Sure. I find it interesting that you bring up the Greeks and the Romans in that because they, they did in fact have their own sort of, familiars and they did kind of act as an intermediary between the human and the divine so I can see where like like I can see what you're saying in that but but I can also see where that link sort of formed there yes oh yeah yeah I'm not saying that like all of a sudden it was like something brand new showed up in the bible where it was like yeah you know suddenly anti-witches but I just found it really interesting that you know, he specifically, he was very, like, anti-demon friend, right. anti-familiar. Right, and right. then just, like, wrote it into a bunch of Bible verses where it hadn't really spelled it out like that before. Yeah. I wonder what the Catholic version of that says. Because the Catholic version of the Bible is much easier to read than the King James version. Fair. The I, language, at Yeah, least. I looked at six or seven different versions. But to be tr- totally truthful, I don't know which version Catholicism follows. Because there's of so the many, yeah, yeah. Oh. There's so many different versions that I, but this, the King James version, is the only one that I found that specifically says the word familiar. Right, right. Everybody else tends to use the word spiritualist or medium or something like that. Right, right. Well, I imagine he probably wrote the word in familiar because that's the language that was used at the time. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Not and to like <laughs> defend him or anything. No, no, no. He's no. clearly a jerkazoid. <laughs> but I just I found it really interesting that at the same time that he makes this law, this and this Bible goes into effect, is right like right in the thick of when they're like, Oh, they have a cat, stone them, witch. Yeah. And I just wonder, I can't help but wonder if they didn't write that exact like terminology, if maybe it would have it would have gone a different way. Could have, for sure. I Curiosities. I know. <laughs> People are so weird. so i did see uh a little bit more on the the greek and roman side of things but i gotta be honest i went way down that bible rabbit hole (laughs) so i went a little more down the greek rabbit hole yeah lay it on me so i didn't really go into the roman thing but i feel like it was probably somewhat similar to what the greeks were doing and the ancient greeks had they spoke of familiars, but they called them something different. They called them daimons, which is essentially the same thing as a demon. Okay. And these daimons, they would, like I said, they were they acted sort of as an a go between between humans and the gods. So uh, these daimons, they would be acting as a familiar. They would be helping a person. Didn't have to be a witch. Could be anybody, actually it seems from from the writings that i read anyway and they would do the same things that familiars would do they would help you in their in your day-to-day life they would they wouldn't always be with you they weren't like a pet okay they Not, would like so they like they'd sort of come and go when you needed them yeah or as they pleased 
<laughs> Fair. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And like really quite interesting. And there were a couple of different kinds of diamonds too. There were like the like shaggy kind of goat looking ones like satyrs. Oh, awesome. <laughs> 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 like uh, like Pan, the yep. horned god, or like Puck in A Midsummer's Night's Dream. Like those were sort of more of the benevolent kind of diamonds. It really feels weird saying diamond because it looks like it should be pronounced Damon. <laughs> That's fair. I, I, I straight up thought it was Damon when I saw it because I was like, you know, Damon, like demons. And yeah, no. Yeah. <laughs> I looked up the pronunciation. It's not. Uh, so there's those kinds and they were usually seen as more benevolent, although they could be like kind of trickier and and mess with you a little bit. And then there were the divine ones, the like more divine ones, like closer of a link to the gods. And those were the ones that were like, you know, they were called like law or justice or oh. or truth, like those ones. Okay, right? so like, <laughs> I feel like this is like, like the major arcana tarot cards showing up. Or yeah. it's like, I'm here to give you a message. Yeah, kind of. And th- that's kind of what they were. They were, they were messengers, but they were also there to like help. And then there's like the bad ones too, because they're not all good. But the bad ones presented themselves more as like gin or genies Ooh, from like fun. Yeah, from like <laughs> Arabian folklore. But they would like, you know, they would kind of make you think that they were cool, but right. then they weren't really like kind of cool. Tricksy. Yeah, dude, totally. And these ones were more like like what was released from Pandora's box. Oh. Yeah. Like the, (laughs) yeah. So like Erebus was the the personification of shadows. That was what was released from Pandora's box. That's what would be considered one of these not good diamonds. That's really cool. Yeah. I really like that, you know, throughout various, uh, like various regions of the world and various bits of mythology and theology and folklore, that there's always been this sort of like guiding, helping spirit, whether they were good or bad. And they could be both. I really actually dig that they could be both, but that the spiritual world, whatever it was that people were into, was thought to like hang out with you and want to be like, hey, yo, talking frog over here. I'm just here to let you know, maybe you shouldn't do that. Yeah. <laughs> or maybe you should think more about this or <laughs> whatever. <laughs> I wonder if some of them did actually like speak out loud. I have to wonder. I don't, yeah. I mean, I, I feel like if a satyr showed up, it's, I don't know. I would just feel like it would talk to me. Yeah. I mean, a satyr, I suppose I would expect a satyr to speak in a language with its mouth at yeah. me, but like a, a toad or a cat or something like that. I always imagined it would be more of like a psychic connection. Yeah, that's true. Like, like brain talkings. Yeah. Rather like just than like a like, feeling. Yeah. Well, or not, and maybe not just a feeling. Like maybe there's like some actual telepathic communication That'd there be too. Dope. It would be so cool, right? I know. It'd be super cool. Like, like how I talk to Charlie. <laughs> 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 okay, so that's twice now we've mentioned Charlie. And if you didn't listen <laughs> to the last episode, which I think would be episode 56, maybe? Um, 55 or 56, where we introduced <laughs> Charlie, who is. Lindsay's companion uh, in our Icewind Dale D&D game, which Engineer Dan is running for us, along with two friends. It's in our Eberron game. It's in our Eberron game. That's what I meant to say. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> we are such giant nerds that we play in two different D&D right. games. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so in the in the Eberron game, Lindsay yeah. has a, a a psychic linked companion who is a sort of a Canadian link snow leopardy but purple cursed elf race of a Vailner? A Vailnar, yeah. Vailnar, named yeah. Charlie. <laughs> yeah, and Charlie isn't a familiar, but the similarities no. yeah. there are just way too close. Oh, 100%. A hundred, <laughs> like, I completely agree. <laughs> <laughs> so I wanted to talk about some other sort of famous familiars and, fo- like, not necessarily just folklore, but pop culture familiars, because I think that this idea has transcended not just, like, ancient Rome and Greece and the Arabic world and then, you know, sort of more the Britannia, like witchcraft, but also like down to pop culture today. And there's a lot more familiars out there than I thought there might be. But I wanted to talk about some historical ones. First. Yeah. Ooh, yeah. I want to okay. hear about historical ones. Okay. So I've got a couple of historical ones. And, you know, a little bit of a sad note. These are all taken from witches um, during the Pendle Trials. So that's a whole other episode or series of episodes on its own. But if you've never heard of the Pendle Trials, uh, basically in 17th century England in Lancaster, uh, at Lancaster Ca- Castle, 12 women were accused of witchcraft. One died before they could go to trial. Eleven were put to trial between the uh, castle in Lancaster and York, and ten of them were executed. So basically, they took twelve women and were like, "You are all witches. Goodbye." <laughs> and Jeez. yeah, so it's one of the more like morbid tales from this castle, which is apparently full of fucking torture, murderous, horrifying tales. But from this. They were, these women were forced to confess and some of them discussed their familiars. And so you can imagine the circumstances that these confessions were brought to, to light and you can take the validity of the familiar with that. But nevertheless, this is also one of the best recorded trials from that time. So we have a little bit of information on some of these familiars. So I wanted to, oh. put, you know, to talk about them a little bit. Yeah, cool. Okay. So, one of the ladies' name was Elizabeth Demdike, and her familiar was named Tib. Oh. Two Bs. Oh. So, Tib um, was either a black cat or a hare. So, this was really common and really popular in that... Uh, familiars, especially who were imps, were shapeshifters. Ooh, cool! So they could shift, like shapeshift, between being multiple animals depending on what was needed at the time. So, so Tib would either be a black cat or a hare, and yeah, came to to help uh, to help Elizabeth with her spell work to you know help um, like hex others and and tra- help her travel back and forth between places and all kinds of gnarly S- shit. So Elizabeth was actually a witch then? Yes. Well, Elizabeth was uh, was one of the folks that was tried and convicted of witchcraft. Along with um, Alison Device. So Alison uh, claimed that her familiar took the shape of a black hound. Ooh. Which was also incredibly popular at the time. 
So you notice this sort of black color is a theme. Yeah. <laughs> but, but black hounds uh, probably deserve their own episode, sort of similar like black cats, where there's a lot of folklore and mythology. If you want to go back to our episode on mandrakes, black hounds were used to pull up the mandrake root because it was thought that they could drive out demons. They were. And they were they were like akin to the demon and that sort of stuff. So yeah. yeah. And and then there was poor Allison Hunt. Oh. So Allison Hunt was accused of being a witch by a small child um, in her town. And the, I don't know what this little kid had against Allison, but this must have been the most like vindictive, spiteful, evil child because knowing full well what would happen, accused Allison, or sorry, uh, accused Alice of being a witch and having familiars. And that was this child's proof. There's no name to who the child was, but they said that Alice Hunt kept tiny horses in a small pot by her bed. Wow. Their names were Robin and Jack. Okay. And as proof of their existence, the small child took them into, took the like magistrates or whatever into Alice's house and showed them the small pot by her bed where the horses lived. Surprise, surprise, no fucking tiny horses. Alice was still tried and convicted convicted and tried whichever direction that goes she was <laughs> she was hung for witchcraft wow yeah even without the tiny horses even, even without robin and jack right. actually showing up this gal owns a pot she's yep. a witch yep she's got a small pot by her like by her bed probably to piss in probably yeah <laughs> yep that was it what a little shithead i know <laughs> But those are some of the, the more, like, well-documented. It's certainly by no means the only, the only recorded, but those ones were sort of all grouped together. Uh, and right, uh, like, right at sort of the height of witchcraft trials and really kicking everything off. But, yeah, they were, they, they were like, yep, this is a common thing. Witches have familiars, so watch out, all you unwed, intelligent, prosperous women who have pets. Maybe don't have pets. Yeah, maybe don't have pets. <laughs> maybe pretend to be stupid, too. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> but there's also, you know, like I said, this is sort of transcended now. And so we've got familiars that pop up less as like, woe to you who has a familiar for you might be accused of witchcraft. And more in the like, these are helpful spirits, helpful creatures, helpful supernatural beings in the shape of animals that are there to provide guidance to deliver messages to um to like increase your knowledge to help you with a task and beyond dungeons and dragons uh, some of the ones that i think are like the most common were like harry potter with owls yeah that, like yeah. you know everybody's got an owl or whatever his dark materials is a big one Oh yeah, I I never got into that series. I really like it. Yeah. They actually they started a second season, and I'm psyched about it. Sweet, yeah. And it's a series of books before it was the. Yeah, yeah. it's uh the guy who wrote the Golden Compass. It's that like series of books. I did like I I, I watched a few of the episodes of his Dark Materials on it's Netflix I think. HBO. HBO. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Um, and I did like the the little animal aspect of it, and that like you like whatever you got a certain age, and your animal like changed and became its true form or something like that. It, like yeah. felt it felt like a lovely little uh, antidote for puberty. I thought it was. Oh cool. yeah, absolutely. 
the Dragon Riders of Pern is another really popular uh, book series. There's a manga called um, Sugar Sugar Rune, and basically the main characters of that get like small animals, and the small animals are like little magical totems, and they help them do stuff. And I think everybody's familiar with Sabrina. Oh, yeah, dude, totally. What was the cat's name in Sabrina? Salem. Salem, yes. Yeah. Okay, cool. <laughs> I, I watched the original Sabrina as a kid, as a teenager. Yeah. But I haven't watched the new one. And, and then I was, The new I was, one's <laughs> so much better. Oh, really? Yeah, I really dude. liked the... I don't know. I liked the corny teenage With one. With Melissa Joan Hart? Yeah. I hated that one. <laughs> I hated it. <laughs> I thought it was like, I don't know, it was fun after school, like... Well, I'm doing my homework TV. <laughs> I think it was because it had Melissa Joan Hart in it. And like, I used to watch her on Clarissa Explains It All when I was little on like, I think it was on Nickelodeon, maybe. I can't remember. And like coming into my teen years when the Sabrina the Teenage Witch with her was in it, I could only think of her as Clarissa. And oh. I was like, oh, she's just this cheesy chick. I just can't. That's fair. It. I didn't get the Clarissa thing because you needed satellite to get Nickelodeon oh, in, in okay. my hometown. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but the last one that I hadn't thought of at all until earlier today, and I was like really racking my brain of like what other um, examples are there. Charlotte's Web. Oh yeah. Uh, like this fucking spider just shows up to like to give like Charlotte and Babe some knowledge. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, yeah. I was I just like yeah. That's I think that would be. I think Charlotte would be a familiar. Yeah, I think I think Charlotte could have been a familiar. Sure. Yeah, that's what I'm going with. I'm sticking <laughs> to it. <laughs> Sweet. So I want to take a little break. Yeah. But when we come back, I want to, to talk a little bit more about like the sort of modern version of a familiar and and like maybe, I don't know, how to know if you're how to know if like Mr. is your familiar or maybe Kenway. Fair. Yeah. Or your goldfish or what animals could be a familiar. Or what, you know, things that aren't animals could be a familiar, maybe. Ooh. Yeah. All right. <laughs> well, we'll take a short break and we'll come right back. Yeah. Well, see you soon, witches. Welcome back. Thanks, dude. Kenway is still howling <laughs> outside the new studio space. <laughs> he really wants to be in here. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, we've got a little bit more to talk about familiars before we, before we wrap up for today. Yeah, dude. So we talked a lot about the historical sort of aspect of familiars and where this all came from. And I wanted to just sort of transition a little bit to like modern familiars and like you know in maybe in your own personal practice uh you know you, maybe you think you have a familiar I don't know but that's sort of the direction I wanted to sort of shift into and I found this quote from uh from somebody and forgive me it was like a tweet so I just like <laughs> it, I, it happened to pop up and I don't remember who said it and this is not verbatim but it, this is what I recalled from it and I really enjoyed the idea of the modern interpretation of a familiar and it was any animal with whom a person or a witch has a magical bond with and who would teach them wild and wonderful things okay and I really liked that wild and wonderful part yeah because it's not just having about having a bond with with your pet or with an animal because I think everybody has a bond of some sort with their pet 
and regardless of like what your pet is or what your spiritual witchy beliefs are. But it's about having, you know, not just like really liking your pet. Right. But also having that sort of like deep emotional psychic connection with them and having them like teach you something. I completely agree with that. And I see uh, and I and I talk to witches who, you know, talk about their familiars and and maybe it is really a familiar to them. Maybe they really do have a deep psychic magical bond with them, but a lot of the times they really are just pets. Yeah. And it 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 bothers me a little bit because I feel like it dilutes the essence of what a familiar really is because for me, I've had so many pets in my lifetime and I've had really deep emotional bonds with some of them, not all of them, but with some of them, but there hasn't been that ma- magic there. There hasn't been like a psychic connection with all of them. There hasn't been anything that I would deem supernatural from it at all. So for myself, I can confidently say, I don't believe that I've ever had a familiar. Yeah. I am right on the same page with you. I grew up with multiple cats and dogs and birds in the household. I had a couple of horses. I've had cats all of my like sort of singular adult life. And I love animals of all types. And yeah, I, I tend to like reminisce about my past pets in this, you know, much more like affectionate, like loving ownership family kind of way and and not in a deeper spiritual you know this was you know a fey folk talking to me or something like that right yeah yeah so I've had let's see I've had cats and dogs of multiple varieties horses of multiple varieties birds that weren't my birds but household family birds I've never had a fish I've never had a lizard nothing like that I know you've had, you've currently got cats and dog. Yes, <laughs> I have. I have cats and the dog. I have, and I have had birds, lots of different birds. Uh, one bird, actually the last bird I had, we had a very, very deep connection and a, a, a really strong bond, but I still wouldn't call him a familiar. And that was Peter, your... Yeah, that was Peter, the blue and, bold, blue and gold macaw. Cool. I've had lizards, I've had snakes, I've had fish. Uh, That might be it. So the reason I sort of like bring this up is because familiars can be almost anything, if not anything, I think. I I didn't see any rules on what a familiar can and cannot be. (laughs) (laughs) And I think that it's just really common for people to automatically think that like a black cat is your familiar kind of thing. Right. As opposed to like, how would you feel if a butterfly was your familiar? It totally could be. Yeah, I'd be okay with that. (laughs) So I wanted to like explore some of the like meanings. And there's obviously you can look up and Google like meanings of animals. And every animal is going to give you like a different meaning. And it doesn't mean that they're all going to be a familiar. And it doesn't mean that just because it can be a familiar that it is your familiar and all those things. But I did want to chat a little bit about like, you know, if you think you have a spiritual connection with one of these animals, or you're sitting here listening to this episode, staring across the room at like, I don't know, your ferret, like, and thinking, are you my familiar? Then maybe, (laughs) (laughs) maybe it would help to know a little bit about like what these animals could represent or, or teach you. Yeah, dude. So why don't we start with the obvious? Start with cats. Yeah. You know, this is five cats. Yeah. 
<laughs> so cats are protectors of the home. They are independent and self-nurturing attitudes. And they're the best thought to be the best familiar because historically through different theologies, uh, cats have been thought to have a connection with the spiritual world or spiritual realm. And they're supposed to be very sensitive to psychic experiences and great ex uh, assistance for spell work. Dude, I totally believe that. Do your cats just like sit and stare at something oh, that's dude. not there forever? <laughs> well, dog and, runs like, around the apartment. talk to things that <laughs> yes. like stare at yes. nothing and talk to it. Yeah. That, it's weird. Dog runs around the apartment when like there's nothing there. And he's modified his meow now. I think we've talked about this, but he like his meow is now like, hello? <laughs> and I'm like, who are you saying hello to? Stop it. <laughs> <laughs> but the one that got me there was their great assistance for spell work. I don't know if you've ever tried to do anything with a particularly friendly cat, but they either don't give a single fuck or they need to be in your business, like in your face, playing with your string, sniffing your herbs, chewing on something. Like yep. I don't, that doesn't sound like a great assistant to me. That's how my cats are. <laughs> Mister tries to knock everything off yep. of the surface that I'm working on and Pterodactyl will sit there and stare at it and stare at me and stare at it. And then when I'm not looking, she will steal it and run away. <laughs> <laughs> dog never wants to get close close enough to me to do anything <laughs> and kenway needs to be in my business especially if i'm doing spell work of any sort mm -hmm. even if it's just like i open the witch cabinet to get like a jar out he knows he could be like in seven rooms over <laughs> and he will still like make a beeline for it and be like like mom opened the witch cabinet i can smell the herbs ah and he just like <laughs> wants to eat everything <laughs> and not helpful <laughs> not at all <laughs> so now i grew up with dogs but do not have a particular affinity towards them i've always actually been a little bit afraid of dogs i don't know and it takes me a long time to warm up to dogs i do know and so i wanted to sort of lean on you a little bit for your insight on this, but dogs are thought to be a popular familiar because of their endless positive energy and their canine intuition, which is like dogs are supposed to know better than any other animal, like how you're feeling and have like sort of the sixth sense for their owner's emotional state. I, I absolutely believe that. I oh, mean, cool. there's like, uh, there's dogs who are trained to do job, like emotional therapy dogs or, or, or dogs that help people that, you know, have epilepsy or something like that. Like they can, they can sense the attacks coming on and then alert their human. It's going to happen so that the human can like get to a safe place or like make sure that they're going to be okay when the episode comes on. Absolutely. I had literally never thought of that. And that is such a good point. Yeah. Such a good point. Yeah. I totally get it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, cool. Dogs aren't so bad. <laughs> what about, no, I, I got to ask, uh, do you feel like Ghost, your dog, has like a, a sixth sense canine intuition? He's kind of a dummy. <laughs> I mean, I like, I kind of yes, knew this. <laughs> yes, I do. He, in a way, like I definitely think he's sensitive to my moods sure. and like my depression levels and stuff like that. He always wants to be near me. He always wants to be close to me. He knows like when I need 
to have like a little more energy bestowed on me and then he'll start acting like a psycho and like trying to play (laughs) and stuff like that he knows when I just need somebody to like cuddle me he's really good about that that's awesome even though he's a giant ding dong (laughs) he's a little bit of an (laughs) incomplete I think he's lovely and I, I will say uh like I said I it takes me a while to warm up to dogs and I think that Ghost and I are now on like friendly terms. Yeah. Because he definitely <laughs> scared the shit out of me the first time I saw him. <laughs> and it was like, oh, you're a lot of energy. <laughs> he is. He's very high energy. <laughs> um, so the other really big, like the big hairy deal are hairs. Oh. And so hairs or rabbits are associated with the ability to communicate with the fae realm or fairies specifically. And it's thought that they can access hidden knowledge because they're sort of associated with that in-between realm, which I really dig because they are most commonly like active and like that in-between light and dark, like dawn and dusk. And so I really dig the idea of, although I don't have a rabbit familiar, my yard being full of bunnies that maybe one day one of these rabbits will be like, yo, Veronica. Yeah. You should come over here so I can drop some knowledge on you. It'll be like a a pink (laughs) rabbit. I mean, I I would take just a plain brown bunny, but a pink bunny or a white rabbit. But a pink one would be fun, and then you would know it's not like <laughs> the other rabbits. That's true. <laughs> I total tangent. Uh, I always pictured the Easter bunny was specifically um, black with white spots, and and that's what if I ever had a rabbit, that was the rabbit that I wanted was Aww. a black and white rabbit. I don't know if I ever really gave the Easter bunny a color. My dad gave it that color. And when I asked him I one day, <laughs> he was like, yeah, he's black with white spots. So I was like, Oh, okay. <laughs> 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 uh, but there's, you know, there's lots of other options out there. Uh, so I don't have anything fun for the, for, for a couple of these, but snakes, blackbirds, beetles, and butterflies, as previously mentioned, uh, were all on lists of common familiars, but also bats. And dude, dude, I don't think it's right for me to have a bat as a pet, but if I could have a really weird, in that level of like tarantulas and snakes and like, what the fuck do you do with that pet? I would have a bat. That would be so cool. Bats are awesome. They are so cute. And you have bats in your yard that fly around that like live somewhere in this yard. And how cool would it be if like one of those bats just like came up to the window one night and was like, hey, Ronnie, hi. (laughs) I'm here. Oh my god! I'm gonna like psychic, like telepathically talk to you through this window. But hey, I'm here. I see a gal. I'd squee. <laughs> I'd probably pee a little. <laughs> I'd be so excited. Our bats in the yard, I think, are like I don't know. They're like common brown bats or something. Whatever. They're basic bitch bats. Yeah, they're just like but regular like, bats. Yeah, but but the one that's in our yard is really fat. Yes. <laughs> it's a big fat pot bellied bat. Aww. <laughs> Uh, but bats are thought to be connected to the unconscious and enhance the ability to uh, access deep-rooted feelings. Oh, so yeah, I don't want access to my deep-rooted feelings. <laughs> maybe, maybe, maybe a bat's not for me. <laughs> <laughs> I like exploring that shit, so oh, you know, I'd, I'd be okay with that. <laughs> uh, what about a goat? I love goats. How would you feel about a goat? Familiar? Oh my gosh, they are so cute and they are so smart and so rambunctious. All right, so if I had to choose a familiar for you, I'm not going to lie. I think I would choose a goat. I love goats. 
because they encourage a strong will and independence. And I think it would just be like a yes and goat. (laughs) You've already (laughs) got a strong will and independence. So I think that the goat would just be like, yeah, that's right. We're here. (laughs) Yeah, bitch, go for it. (laughs) Yeah. I'd be like, cool, goat. Cool. (laughs) (laughs) You should get bangs. (laughs) Yes. Yes, you should get bangs. Can his name be Black Phillip? Yes, (laughs) Yes, <laughs> which is 100% the best familiar of all time. Yes. <laughs> I don't, I'm going to tangent again, but uh, I don't think I told you, Lindsay, that I had a dream that Black Phillip came to visit me and, and we had a conversation. <gasps> so lucky. Yeah, it was about what tattoo I should get. Oh my God, <laughs> what do you say? Uh, that I should, I, I can't remember exactly what the conversation was, but it was that I should, in fact get a witchcraft tattoo on my right leg. And he was very supportive of this idea. Yes. Uh, but wasn't really into being on the tattoo because I'm, I'm kind of on the fence of, should I put Black Phillip in my tattoo or not? And he was like, no, I can like go with you, but I don't want you to like be in it. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like a total Black Phillip answer. <laughs> Okay, I got two more for you. All right. First one is toads. <laughs> oh, of course. Yeah, so toads are like really akin to witchcraft for a lot of reasons, the warts and that whole deal, but it's thought that toad familiars bring intelligence and clarity in divination. Oh. Mostly because of things like, I think it's like, maybe Macbeth where it's like eye of newton, leg of frog and all that sort of stuff. Oh, yeah. And yeah, and so it's thought that you know, frog ingredients in your potion making could like bring some sort of like clairvoyance. All right. Last one. And I left it for last because I actually know a couple of witches that have ferrets and, or a ferret. (laughs) So shout out to buddy who is, I'm not a big ferret fan, but is pretty fucking cute. (laughs) He is, (laughs) he's an absolute maniac. He is always running away and hiding in places where they could have sworn he was a second ago and is owned by two of the badass like witches that I know. And so ferrets represent an inquisitive mind and a similar outlook on life. Oh, and so, yeah. I don't, I don't know if that 100% represents them or not. I'll let them judge for themselves if they listen, but. But yeah, I just, I like the idea that Buddy could be their familiar. Could be, yeah. I actually, I I like ferrets. I don't like them as much as I used to. They freak me out a little. (laughs) I, uh, I have never really known, I suppose, I've never really known a ferret. Like, I've seen them in pet stores, and I've held a ferret before, and, like, I just didn't have any emotional reaction to a ferret. Yeah. It's like, oh, you're cute. Yeah, like they a are hamster. cute. I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, cute, fuzzy. But the stories that I've heard about this particular ferret, Buddy, are pretty adorable. Oh. <laughs> I'm like, they actually have a lot of personality. Yeah. And I'm into it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of like a big rat. Maybe it'll like help <laughs> teach you how to like rats. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> All right. So maybe you're sitting there thinking, you know, I've got a toad or a ferret or a dog. Are they my familiar? I don't know. Are they? Well, <laughs> I got a list. <laughs> so. I made a list of, and this isn't clearly a definitive list, but I did think it was pretty good. And it's sort of a like check sheet for, you know, is your pet your familiar? And I like this because like we were talking about a few moments ago, 
your pet can just be your pet. You can have a really deep emotional bond with your pet without it being a familiar. Yeah. And that's totally cool. So keeping in mind my question from the top of the show, is Kenway my familiar? I'll go through this checklist and see what you think. Okay. 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 So number one, your pet is extremely heightened, uh, or sorry, your pet has extremely heightened activity during magical rituals. They are eager to get involved when you work your magic. They boost your energy by being nearby, especially when you need it most. They're not afraid of the elements, especially fire and water. You sense there is something extra special, incredibly exceptional or unique about the animal. Their temperament is naturally calm. They are helpful and keen to offer their services. They display unusual psychic abilities with you and things near you. When you talk, either out loud or telepathically, they listen and they do what you ask. And they alert you to potential health problems. Okay. So a lot of those things, to me, sound like a pet. (laughs) 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 Not all of them. But most of them, like maybe minus two, sounds like things that a lot of pets naturally are. Everybody thinks that their pet is exceptional. (laughs) Everybody. I I thought that too. I was like, what? It's kind of like what parent doesn't think their baby is cute. Like everybody thinks their pet is the most amazing pet. They do. (laughs) it's true (laughs) and i'm not saying that like all those people are wrong (laughs) no in the like in the eyes of the owner of course they are yeah and i do think that that most pets are exceptional and exhibit a lot of those things i really feel like for me there has to be some kind of like psychic or supernatural connection but that doesn't mean that if you feel like your pet exhibits these things and you really feel like it's your familiar i don't think that means it's not Totally fair. Yeah. So, <laughs> I'm going to pose the question to you one more time. Okay. Is Kenway a familiar? I would say no. Cool, me too. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, was hope- I was thinking you were like hoping I would say yes, but I'm like, oh, I really don't want to disappoint her. <laughs> no, I, I think Kenway ha- is a truly exceptional and unique creature. I've never met a cat with his personality. But he does really ridiculous things, and he's certainly emotionally intuitive. Yeah. Um, not just with me, but in particular with Engineer Dan. And he has a like interesting psychic link with like I, I really feel like he knows when I'm having a nightmare and will like come sleep on my chest and stuff like that. But I don't think he's my familiar. Yeah. I don't think I've ever experienced the type of psychic link that I think I would need with a familiar to truly say that. That was a familiar. Okay, I'm so glad I have yeah. the right answer. I was like, oh, I don't want to make no her right upset. Or wrong. No, no. I mean, we can disagree. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, that being said, I would love to have a little bit of cheesy fun. Ooh, okay. You yeah. down? Yeah, I All like right. I like cheesy fun. Okay, cool. So, there's a like an ever la- like everlasting list of 
like what animal is your familiar on the internet? And I probably did a dozen of these but while we were doing research for this episode. <laughs> and I found one and it's the most popular basic one on uh, BuzzFeed oh, okay. because they are the mother of all quizzes. Yes, they <laughs> It's are. like the Cosmo of, <laughs> of now. So I'm, I'd love to go through. I've done this already for myself and I only did it once. I'm sure if I went through it again, I'd get a different answer because I know I don't want the answer I had. But <laughs> I would really... <laughs> Uh, I would really love to go through this with you and I'll do the selecting and the describing for all those listening. Okay. Because like all Buzzfeed, uh, this is like little pictures, but I'll just describe them to me, to you and you can pick them. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Okay. Cool. 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 cool all right. Cool, here cool, we go. Cool. All right. <laughs> I'm so excited. <laughs> all right. So Buzzfeed quiz. What would be your familiar? Okay. Question number one, Let's choose a forest. Your options are a beautiful sort of meadow-filled lush forest full of like birch trees or aspens. They're tall and narrow. The sun is low, filtering sort of eye level. It's very golden, filled with purple flowers. Fuck's sake, dude. Your level of description <laughs> is like <laughs> unparalleled. Option number two is your sort of more traditional lush moss-covered forest. It's tall trees with sort of like pine boughs at the top, but the, the bottom, the sort of ground level of the forest is covered in moss and deadfall. It's kind of forest where like frogs are ribbiting. Option three, fall forest, kind of like the Beverly Woods. It's a dirt path through the forest with big swooping trees, but all the trees are orange and scattered along the path are orange and yellow and brown leaves. Very fall-like. And then option number four is this sort of haunted wood look. It's dark, definitely nighttime, foggy, moonlight filtered through the fog is the only light you have. Big, sweeping, tall, black trees close in around you. Those all sound very nice, but I'm definitely going to have to choose number four. Okay. <laughs> option number two. Okay. Choose a cauldron. Ooh, okay. Cauldron number one. Very Salem, like very Salem witchcraft-esque, traditional cauldron hanging in a sort of solitary hearth, stone hearth, no fire, just the cauldron. Okay. Very clean, very neat. Option number two, traditional shaped cauldron with sort of a greenish fog billowing out from it, but covered in cobwebs. Okay. Option number three. A cast iron Dutch oven over a roaring campfire. Okay. And option number four, a small cauldron, maybe used for potion making, that's currently wisping green smoke surrounded by tiny uh, potion bottles. Yeah, number four. Number four. Totally number four. Okay. Question number three. A little more simple. Okay. Choose a season. Spring, summer, winter, or autumn. Spring. Choose a potion ingredient. Ooh. Frog's legs, newt's eyes, sage, or a lock of your lover's hair. Ew, gross. <laughs> I'm going to go with sage. Okay. We're not going to harm any animals either. <laughs> I never even thought of the vegetarian aspect of that. <laughs> All right. Choose an iconic witch. Ooh, okay. Maleficent. Mal I can never say that. Maleficent. 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 Sabrina, the Teenage Witch. Which Sabrina? They have a picture of the new one. Oh, okay. 
Nancy Downs. Okay. Or Harmony. Uh, I'm going to go Maleficent. I thought for sure you were going to go Nancy. You know, I'm I mean, surprised I'm, I didn't go I, Nancy. I, I, but you got to go with like, your gut. Like, she turned out being so shitty. Yeah, fair. That's know? totally fair. And Malef- Maleficent also turned out to be shitty. But if you've watched, like, the newer Maleficent movies, like, she was actually pretty cool. She was pretty cool. Yeah. I like the newer movies. Yeah. Choose a type of spell to cast. Okay. A love spell. Okay. A fortune spell. A good health spell. Some sort of revenge curse. Ooh, okay. I guess I'll go... Right now, I would probably go good health spell. All right. Let me just check and see how many more are left. Okay. (laughs) Second to last question. Okay. Choose a crystal. Ooh, okay. Rose quartz. For those that maybe aren't as familiar with crystals, rose quartz is sort of like a, a pink quartz. Amethyst, which is a purple crystal. Citrine, which is a yellow stone. Or fluorite, which is green. I'm going to go amethyst. Okay, here comes more descriptions. Okay. Ooh. Last question. Ooh. Choose a broom. Ooh, okay. Option number one. Very Harry Potter-esque. It is a long-handled broomstick with sort of like a wood lathe turned stick, sort of knobby at the end where maybe you'd hold on to it. Perfectly paralleled, uh, bunched up broom corn cobby shit at the bottom. Okay. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what brooms are actually made of. <laughs> Option number two. It's a little bit more of like the broom that I would imagine that is actually used. It's clearly worn down on one side. The broom uh, shaft itself is sort of rough and a little bit twisty. And it's the kind of broom that you would maybe imagine like over the door of an alehouse. Okay. Option number three, a long-handled modern push broom with purple bristles. (laughs) Okay. And option number four, a little like hand broom with a red dustpan. Oh, okay. Oh, those last two are kind of a bummer. <laughs> um, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go number two. <laughs> oh, we got the same fucking answer. What did I get? We got budgie. Ah! <laughs> I actually love budgies. Dude. Okay, you're cute. thoroughly modern and find the whole all black goth aesthetic a little dated. A cute, bright, and colorful budgie goes perfectly with your colorful witch's robes. Which is what I got and totally rejected, but then also went, I'm wearing a red leopard print shirt, so maybe not so bad. But now I'm looking at you thinking, you're no fucking budgie. <laughs> I am no budgie. I wear all black you all the time. I don't know anybody that wears more black than you. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, not that you, like, you don't wear other colors, but you predominantly it's usually wear black. black. Yeah. Yeah. I am not a budgie. You are. You do you, have a very. You are a budgie. I can see budgie, but I, it pissed me off because I always get colorful, bright birds, and I am so so not a bird person i'm so over it you know what i am a weird bird person and i am a weird bird you had a basically. blue and gold macaw which you had a, an emotional relationship with so yeah i feel like if a budgie showed up it would be like yo lens and you'd be like yes yeah dude i would totally be its friend and then it'd bite your finger it would and i would love it yeah I and it like, would suckle cool. on your finger because they draw blood <laughs> when they bite. <laughs> My mom had a budgie when I was a kid. <laughs> it was nasty. <laughs> yeah, all birds are dicks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I can I can totally see myself having a bird from familiar. Yeah. Or uh, sure. Yeah. 
I mean, I don't know. Maybe a budgie would be like a nice offset to but be why all black. Couldn't it, like, give me a crow or something. I have no idea. And uh, now mm-hmm. I'm curious to see. Like, some of the answers that we had were uh, like very much the same, mm-hmm. but a lot of them were different. Like, I chose winter over spring. I chose a different forest and a different cauldron. Hmm. Still got budgie. Weird. Hmm. <laughs> 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 well. That is our episode on familiars. <laughs> I'm curious if you're listening and you feel like maybe you have a familiar or I don't know. It's a BuzzFeed. BuzzFeed. Yeah, it's a BuzzFeed quiz. Uh, so like go do the quiz. And let us know what you get. Do you also get budgie? Is this rigged so we all get budgie? I don't know. Right. But maybe is, you do. Is there <laughs> only one option? <laughs> Give it a try. Send us an email. DM us on Instagram. Let us know what you think of familiars. If you have one, if you've ever had one, what you'd want as a familiar. We'd love to know. Totally, dude. But until next time, remember, no pervs, no Nazis. Yeah, totally. Panda. (laughs) 